I'm Kevin Gale, voice of the Crusaders, and this is Seder Stories, the official podcast of Holy Cross Athletics, presented by UMass Memorial Health. On today's episode, we sit down with Crusader Class of 2002 rower Marie De Palma. Marie actually found her way to rowing late after she arrived at Holy Cross. She saw a flyer in Hogan advertising rowing lessons, and within just a few months, she was a member of the second Varsity 8. How about that? By senior year, rowing was in her blood, and Marie's Varsity 8 earned gold in the ECAC Nationals for Holy Cross. Fast forward to 2013, that same Varsity 8 boat became the first female rowers inducted into the Holy Cross Athletics Hall of Fame. Marie is an active Crusader alum. She founded the Holy Cross Rowing Association shortly after graduation. Today, she lives in New York with her husband, Jared, a fellow Holy Cross alum. And after working as a brand director at Avon and Ray-Ban, she's now ventured off to start her own marketing and branding company. We have so much to talk about today. Marie, it's great to meet you. Welcome to Seder Stories. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Let's start with your non-traditional intro into college sports. So many of the athletes we interview here on Seder Stories arrive at Holy Cross as a fully specialized athlete. Your path was a little different, three-sport varsity athlete in Stanford, Connecticut, but you get out of your comfort zone and hop in a boat. What was it about rowing that grabbed your interest as a freshman? You know, I think it's it, it sounds unconventional, but I think at that time in the rowing community at Holy Cross, it's not it was not so unheard of. You know, not a ton of high schools had rowing programs, of course, unless you were, you know, maybe in the Philly area or the Boston area, certainly some schools in Connecticut. But it wasn't as popular of a high school sport as it is, you know, growing to be. And so you know, in order to sort of build a rowing program, you know, they needed to, you know, Holy Cross needed to recruit freshmen. And so I certainly wasn't the only one that was stepping into that boat for the very first time freshman year. And that's, that's how the team in large part was built. I mean, every year we would always have, you know, one or two or three, maybe by the time of my senior year recruits in that freshman class. But, and certainly that has shifted now over the years, but for me, it was, you know, something to do as a freshman. You kind of get to Holy Cross. You, at that point in time, are doing everything with your roommates. And, the, you know, I lived in Wheeler. So everyone on Wheeler 4 would sort of do things together. And it was, you know, come learn to row. And we figured, why not? And, you know, slowly people either dropped off or decided it wasn't for them. But then there was a group of us that stuck with it. And, and you know, fast forward four years later and... It was really that flyer in Hogan that got the ball rolling, so to speak. I, I find that so fascinating that they really just sort of weed out the people that are sort of casual and just wanting to try it out. And by the end of your freshman year, you actually stayed on campus a little longer to compete yeah. with the second varsity eight. When did you know, as other people were sort of saying, maybe I'll pivot to something else, that rowing was going to be a key piece of your Holy Cross experience? For me, it was the team. I, you know, I'd always obviously been a part of a team and part of team sports all my life. And I think I, I wasn't I wasn't even aware of how much I would naturally miss it going off to school and not having that already sort of pre-determined. And so, you know, you have to love it in order to do it. I mean, it is a five, six, seven day a week commitment. It's an all year round sport. So there's a fall season and a spring season and that winter season training indoors 
on ergs and in the tanks. I mean, that takes a certain level of grit and commitment. But when you find a group of people who are all committed to doing that, it, it becomes a lot easier. And I would say that, you know, from day one, the upperclassmen really took that responsibility of, of I think, onboarding and bringing along you know, the entire team, whether it was the freshman novices or, you know, some of the upperclassmen and, and being a part, sort of finding that, that community or that group or, or that sort of purpose, I think for anyone um, in, in college or university life is, is super important. And for me, that was, that was rowing. And so it, it became very easy to do something that was hard, the way I kind of look at it. It's clear that you had a great connection with your coaches as well. You mentioned Patrick Diggins, Tom Sullivan, and strength training coach Jeff Oliver, you, you said that the ERG testing was really sort of the, the make or break when, when Patrick would refuse to let you <laughs> off. Uh, tell us about how, you know, you got obsessed with the process and, and how those experiences really developed you as an athlete. Yeah, I think it was the first time I, I sort of really understood um, the importance of, I think, mental toughness combined with, you know, just sheer grit and strength. And, um, you know, the ERG test, it was, you know, it was a 2000 meter test as fast as you could go hop on the ERG and it was, you know, all out. And, you know, you're doing the math in your head and you're looking at your splits and you're looking at the first 500 meters and you don't think you're going to make the time that you're looking for. And on more than one occasion, I would just get off. And, you know, it was mind over matter at that point. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, Patrick would step in and coach in a different way and sort of say, all right, you know what, you've now disadvantaged your second try because you you're fatigued and you're assuming that you're not going to make up the seconds that you lost in that first split. So it was it was really about getting getting that mind over matter and, and recognizing that I was I was built physically strong enough, you know, to hit the times that I wanted. And, you know, if I, if I didn't that particular week, I could make it up the next week, but it was about finding that mental strength and mental toughness that again, even, you know, Ollie would work on in the weight room. I mean, yes, you had to hit those reps, but you know, you had to do it in a safe way. You had to do it in a way that was going to not injure you. And you had to do it in a way that those last one or two reps were just sheer, just a sheer mental mind over matter. And rowing is a huge part of that. I mean, you're sitting in a boat with eight eight girls rowing and a coxswain, and you're all supposed to be doing all the you know the same thing at the same time. And if your mind sort of wanders for like half a second, you can feel that in the boat. And so that focus, that mental strength, that mental toughness that so many athletes can relate to, I think, was really I think fostered by the coaching staff and and you know what I worked on the most, I think, in those that first year or so. And that coaching staff was more than just coaches. They, they were a support system to you as well. You had told me that on 9-11, Patrick mm. knew that your dad worked in the city. Yep. And he reached out to you and said, you know, today is a great day to have this practice because this is an opportunity to, to come together as a team. What did that situation and that moment feel like to you as, as someone who at that point was just worried about family? Yeah. I mean, listen, the, the, the country was reeling. I mean, this was what, six hours after, after the world changed and, and there was a lot of fear and concern and worry. And, you know, I certainly had some personal concern at that point in time as well. And Patrick called myself and called Rebecca, the, my co-captain at the time and said, look, I'm, I'm thinking of keeping practice because I think people need a place 
to go and gather and certainly not required, certainly not, you know, wouldn't have been the typical practice. And, and I think we all, all went. And I remember we sat on the steps of the boathouse down by the lake and, and Patrick said a few words. I don't even remember what it was, but it was, it was just about the fact that we were almost sort of keeping something a little routine. We were where we, we would normally have been at that point in time. And, we just went out in the water and we did sort of steady states up and down the lake. And it was a beautiful day. Really, it sort of brought everybody together in, in a way that I think not even everyone realized they needed. And so that was super important on that day. And that was, that was you know, Patrick's, Patrick's leadership at that point, really, I think, coming through. That's an amazing, amazing yeah. story. When, when you think of the culmination of your rowing career at Holy Cross, I, I can't imagine it ends much better than, than taking hold. <laughs> ECACs. You're a senior. It's the Varsity 8 boat. There are some incredible photos from that day. Patrick cheering, you and, and your co-captain, Rebecca Smith, smiling and, and hugging. What are the moments and the memories that come back to you first from that accomplishment? And, and, and what did it what did it say about your entire career to finish that way? You know, I think for us, it was, and for me personally, I mean, it had been such an unbelievable spring season. I mean, we were, we were, you know, on the top of the podium all season. And I think it was halfway through that spring season where we're like, we are clicking. Like we, you know, made a couple shifts in the boat here and there, but it was, you kind of know when you have something special and right, and you almost don't want to say it out loud because you don't want to jinx it. But you know, I remember being down uh, for that race and, you know, we always prayed at the start line and, and when you're getting, you know, the boats lined up for the start, there's this moment of calmness that kind of happens as all the boats are lining up in their different lanes. And, you know, we would hold hands across the boat and, and, and pray and, you know, other boats had their own routines and their own moments of coming together. But for us, that was, you know, incredibly important. And then the gun goes off and and you're you're it's an outer body experience for the next seven minutes or so as you're racing down. And and I think I we I remember thinking we won, but you don't you just don't want to make that assumption. And then as soon as we crossed and we, you know, we saw Patrick and we we heard it announced and it just was sheer jubilation. And to have that happen, I think senior year, we had graduation coming up like two weeks after that. I mean, there was just, that was just a moment in your life where you're never going to get that kind of experience again. And it was, it was such a beautiful way to, to end what had been this journey that I had started that I didn't even know I was looking for when I went to Holy Cross. And um, it was, it's something I'll always hold on to. A dream finish and, and led to a <laughs> Hall of Fame induction for, for you and your teammates. An unbelievable yeah. ride from, from a, a poster in Hogan to, to a gold medal like that. Let's take yeah. a break here. When we come back, we'll find out more about that Hall of Fame crew and talk a little bit more about that impactful freshman year from Marie when she also met the love of her life at Holy Cross. That's next right here on Seder Stories. At Fuel America, we've created a place for people to gather to share their stories. We are a destination and we are a starting point because Fuel America is not just our name, it's our mission. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope, to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone. 
to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Wegmans Meals to Go makes eating well extra easy. Power up with one of our poke bowls or poke salads. They're made with all your favorite sushi ingredients and served over your choice of greens or grains. Pick from shrimp, king salmon, ahi tuna, and more. And poke is just the beginning. Our fresh-made salads, hand-rolled sushi, and other favorites can be delivered right to your door with a simple tap or click. Order on the app or visit Mealstogo.com. Select stores only. Minimum $20 order for delivery. Check availability in your area. The right way to top a sub is with real red wine vinegar made from red grapes and no food coloring. And the right way to film it is in slow motion. Obviously. Because authentic ingredients make a sub above. Whether you are looking at hosting a birthday party, corporate or youth team outing, church group, or just a night out with some friends, Holy Cross Athletics has just the experience to make your event unforgettable. Holy Cross Athletics offers a number of interactive group experiences where your groups can even have the option of adding food and drinks to your experience. For more information, please call 1-844-GO-CROSS or email us at tickets at holycross.edu. Coming up on January 28th, Holy Cross will retire five women's basketball jerseys at the college in recognition of the 50th anniversaries of Title IX and co-education at Holy Cross. Join us Saturday, January 28th at 2 p.m. as the Crusaders host Army West Point, and we honor Crusader basketball greats inside the Heart Center. You can get your tickets at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets. Welcome back to Sater Stories. I'm Kevin Gale, joined by Holy Cross Hall of Fame rower Marie De Palma. In June of 2022, we celebrated that 50th anniversary of Title IX's passage into federal civil rights law. Since then, female sports participation at the high school level has grown by 1,057% and 614% at the college level. Marie, we talked a little bit about how rowing was starting to grow into a sport of its own when you arrived at Holy Cross in the late 90s. How did your experience as a female student athlete then compare to today's college athletes? For me personally, I I was so in awe of the fact that I was now a part of this team, something that was so unexpected that my basis for comparison was probably a little bit different than than some of my fellow athletes who, you know, were recruited to play or came to college to intending to play, you know, basketball or, or, you know, any other sport for us, I always felt like we had tremendous amount of support from the college. We were very fortunate that our equipment, we were, we were always in the latest boats. We had great equipment. The lake was, was a place where we were hosting a lot of races because the, the, the course was so advantageous to hosting a lot of sprint races. So for me, we had the same access to equipment that the, the men's team did. Um, we were, you know, we used the same ergs, the same tanks, the same, the same body of water, the same boats. And so I, I felt like we were incredibly supported by the college at that point in time, but I can, I can only imagine you know, maybe even, you know, five, six, seven years prior to me, that may be being a slightly different story, right? In terms of, you know, the expectation of the team, the, the you know, available resources for the team. 
So it was it was interesting because we we did so much together, the men's and women's teams. Like I said, we were often at the lake at the same time. We weren't in a situation where we were fighting for, you know, court space or field time. I mean, the lake was a body of water. We could go out whenever we needed to. And so I I felt very fortunate to, to have access to what I thought was and what I believe was fantastic resources. I mean, I started in the fall of 98. So even the heart center at that point in time, the, the varsity weight room was, was, I think, maybe a year or two old. So even that and going in there and, and you know, working out with, with Ollie and the rest of the staff, we had access to all of that. I felt like a varsity athlete. I there are things now that I see from the teams. You know, I think what what has happened in terms of even just the uniforms and the sponsorship and the war, the warm up gear and the and the bags, all of that, we didn't have any of that. Now, I I certainly some teams did when I was there, but it was not anything that that rowing ever really had. Um, we didn't go to we didn't go to lift. You know, matching in in the same warm ups. We didn't travel in the same gear. I mean, we had our unis that we raced in and our our purple jackets and maybe a sweatshirt, but um, I think to have elevated what our athletes look like today, when they, when they go to practice, when they show up for competition is, has been great to see in a, in a strong evolution. I think um, one of many, obviously from the athletic department. You mentioned that a lot of other student athletes were being recruited with facilities and opportunities, but you were sort of an open book when you arrived on campus. So (laughs) there were other considerations. Colgate was an early choice. You spent some time on campus at BC, realizing that Holy Cross was your best choice. How did a mass on campus in Worcester help you make the decision that you would be a crusader? I had spent the preceding day and evening with with some high school friends at BC and, you know, left BC and my parents drove from BC with me to Worcester for the day. And I, in the car, I said, oh my gosh, I loved, I loved BC. That's, this is going to be a hard choice. I mean, we'll, we'll go to Holy Cross, but really think I loved it. And that, and that day on campus, and I think watching the community all sort of come together for, for mass and, and that feeling that you're sitting in this chapel and it's it's just that much smaller i think of an environment that much in terms of student body and i think the campus felt like the center of everything and and that's that's not the case at some of the other schools that i i looked at where you know listen fun opportunities to be in bigger cities etc but but to have that campus life and and the and the chapel to be a place where truly students genuinely came together on a very regular basis. It wasn't just there because it happened to be there and the, and the college happened to be, you know, Catholic. I mean, the fact that it was living and breathing its mission, and I could sense that even in that visit, was, was really the deciding factor for me. And, and, and still to this day, the thing that I identify the most, I think, with after, after rowing as, as what truly shaped my collegiate experience. And you got your opportunity years later to live in the big city. New York City was your home <laughs> quite a time. So you can have it all, especially when you follow the path through Holy Cross. I wanted to talk a little bit more about your life now in New York, uh, your mm-hmm. family, your husband, Jared, who is a Holy Cross alum as well. It was a, a campus tour that helped bring you together and, and yes. a mutual connection. How did a friendship uh, lead to marriage for you two? Yeah, I mean, we were we met that first you know month of freshman year. My I was showing my parents around campus. They were up for visiting weekend, and 
Jared was giving a family friend a tour of campus at the time, and we ran into each other. And my dad knew the dad of the you know person Jared was giving a tour to, and they started chatting, and we introduced ourselves. And uh, lo and behold, you know, I think as a happenstance in these situations, we just kept running into each other and became friends, and were in similar social circles, and and wound up even both doing the Washington DC semester, the fall of my, a fall of our junior year. So there were, you know, 16 of us in, in Washington DC at the time. And by senior year, we, we had started, uh, started dating. So it was, it was a lovely start to our relationship. And um, I still, to this day, love that our, you know, mutual friends have also known each other through, I think, various stages in our, in our lives together. And it just was a fantastic, fantastic way to sort of meet, uh, meet each other. And you got engaged in front of the Holy Cross Chapel, the, the same spot yes. where you met. <laughs> yes, he did. That's, he did now some... that's storybook. That's, that's romance. It was. I was actually up on campus for a meeting, oh my gosh, I think to help plan our five-year reunion. I, I actually can't even quite recall the details behind it, but I was with some of my roommates at the time and he, you know, he had prearranged it and um, he was um, living somewhere else at the time. So I didn't even think he was in town. And my roommate was in charge of getting me heading towards that chapel. And uh, he was there on one knee and we had a great night out in Boston with some family and friends. And in our process of then, oh, where should we get married? You know, we just, we thought about the city, we thought about elsewhere, but our our sort of hearts brought us back to Holy Cross. And so uh, we got married in that same, in that same chapel and Father McFarland, who was the president of the college at the time, married us. And it was, it was a fantastic celebration for our family and friends. My father-in-law went to Holy Cross. My sister and her husband went to Holy Cross. Um, obviously, many of our friends in attendance at the wedding were, were from Holy Cross. And so the, the sort of opening part of the mass from Father McFarland was this, you know, sort of welcome home message. And it, and it, it wow. was, it was wonderful. Yeah. It was a beautiful way to start our, our life together. That's a wonderful story. Holy Cross really is home for you and your family. Yes. Let's take one last break. When we return, Marie will tell us how she established the Holy Cross Rowing Association to stay connected with the Crusaders to this day. That's next, right here on Seder Stories. Hello, I'm Richard Carr of Carr Financial. As a proud alumnus and sponsor of Holy Cross Athletics, I know the importance of making a game plan to set up your team for success. Why should preparing for your financial future be any different? At Car Financial, our dedicated advisors have decades of experience helping people like you put together a customized financial plan. Contact Car Financial today and let us guide you toward a life of success as you define it. Call 508-795-0264 or visit carfinancial.com. We are UMass Memorial Health and innovation is something that defines us, that drives us to discover new ways to provide answers and hope to provide opportunity and access and equity for everyone, to redefine what medicine can do and how it can heal relentlessly. Getting that perfect slice is satisfying, fulfilling, and rewarding too. But we don't do it for fun. We do it for fresh. Slice to order makes a sub above. 
Holy Cross Athletics is proud to have passionate corporate sponsors who are committed to supporting our teams and student athletes. Sponsors not only support Holy Cross, but also gain significant marketing exposure through in-venue signage, digital elements, promotional campaigns, and much more. To become a corporate partner, please contact Frank with Crusader Sports Properties at 908-625-1947. Coming up on February 18th, Holy Cross Women's Basketball will celebrate the 50th anniversary of Title IX and co-education at Holy Cross. Join us for Senior Day at the Heart Center as head coach Maureen McGarity and the Crusaders host Colgate at 2 p.m. That's Saturday, February 18th. Get your tickets now at GoHolyCross.com slash tickets. We welcome you back to Seder Stories presented by UMass Memorial Health. I'm Kevin Gale, joined again by Crusader class of 2002 rower, Marie De Palma. Now, Marie, we talked a little bit about your Holy Cross Rowing Association, your ongoing commitment to the Crusader program. What led you to start that affiliation just, just a short couple years after graduating? Yeah, I mean, it was something that was was born out of a few alum from my year, both on the men's and the women's team, because we, you know, I think we recognized the the success we had had while we were at the college and the sort of breadth and depth we had in this alumni organization. I mean, the rowing team is big. I mean, there's probably at any given time, gosh, I can't recall, but maybe 20 to 40 women and same for the men at the same time. So you're graduating these, you know, large alumni base each and every single year. And 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 at the time too, our, the you know the coaching staff had had such a long, committed tenure um, at the college that it it really kept that relationship and I think that desire to continue to give back in a very meaningful way. We could continue to relate and wanted to continue to have those relationships. So we we also looked towards actually like the the football team, which had at the time you know had had and continues to have a very successful alumni group and alumni organization specific for for the team. Um, and so we wanted to do the same. And it started with, you know, making sure we were keeping the alumni, the alum informed as to what was happening, whether it was race schedules or, you know, alumni tent at the head of the Charles or something we were doing back at Lake Quinsig. And so it, it was, it was, we were certainly supported by the athletic department. I mean, they, they, they were incredibly supportive of us, you know, starting this and it, it was our way of, I think all of us also staying a little bit connected and feeling like we, you know, still had one foot uh, on campus a bit. And, you know, eventually that evolved to, you know, being asked to join the Crusader Athletic Fund in its, you know, during its inception. And, and that was incredibly meaningful for me because it was, a, you know, at this point in my life, in my career, I felt like I could have an even more meaningful contribution to, to supporting this program and this college in a way that I knew would make a difference. And so to be able to have that very structured and purposeful organization behind it and support behind it, it was something that I, I didn't hesitate to, to really become a part of. It happened sort of easily, I think, in those early years as, as something to do and wanting to be that eager, you know, eager alum. And then it, it like I said, it, it, it shifted and changed and matured as as I sort of you know grew older and 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 away from the college, but um, all all for I think the better good of the of the program and and the student athletes that were are currently currently there. 
For Holy Cross Rowing alums and even families who are listening here, what's the most impactful way for them to get involved? Oh gosh, I mean, for me, I think, and 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 I credit the the athletic department as a whole too. I think they're trying to do so much with alum, and and it's not just about the fundraising. Fundraising, certainly that's a huge piece of it. But for me, I think it's about you know find a way for your student athlete or as a family to engage with alum, and we're trying to do the same. I know um, there's a networking, a career networking sort of panel that is being organized. By, by the coaching staff. So hoping to link some current student athletes with alum in particular fields so that there can be that connection that goes even just beyond rowing, but it's that way to, to you know, reach out and, and find a way in which, you know, you can connect with these alum and, and you never, you sort of never know where those conversations are going to take you, right? I think the other thing is, you know, anytime you know, you can be up on campus and you can, you can stop by and see Ollie in the weight room or shoot the coach a text and say, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to come to campus. Is there practice happening? I can come see, or is there a race happening this weekend or finding those alumni networks in whatever sort of city or metropolitan area that you sort of wind up in after graduation. It's such a lucrative part and such a, a, such a, it's almost like that fifth, sixth, seventh year of, of being at Holy Cross. It's that extension that that will continue to be with you for a lifetime. And and sports is just a small part of, of what can help carve out that niche for you, right? So I even, whenever I run into another Holy Cross alum, I mean, that gets me so excited. And then if I find out they were an athlete, that's like a, you know, we've doubled down on the excitement. And so I think not even concerning yourself necessarily with it being a rowing alum, I think if you've if you've grown up at Holy Cross and you've had a chance to play Holy Cross athletics, that is such a special, special opportunity and special bond that can happen between people and families that, you know, don't be afraid to talk about it. Don't be afraid to be excited and proud about it. It's it's still to this day one of the proudest, you know, accomplishments I've had in my life and something that I will always want to leverage to to sort of provide, you know, the same opportunity for other student athletes uh, to have. After your varsity eight was inducted into the Holy Cross Hall of Fame back in 2013, did you ever consider getting back in the boat? <laughs> at the time, I was, I think I was six months pregnant with my my second <laughs> child. So getting in the boat at that particular moment was, was not in my not in my wheelhouse. But yeah, I mean, I think I've always said it's 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 that thing. I will do it again. I don't know when. It's I've never rode. And I think my biggest, I think my biggest regret, if you were to ask me one, is I never learned how to how to um stall. I never learned how to row in a single, which would obviously open up a whole new opportunity for me to go out and, and row. You can, you know, sort of do it on your own time. But right now I would be dependent on <laughs> seven other women to go out and and life is busy right now. And but I I will get back into it at some point in time. I have, I have no doubt it's not going to be pretty at first, but, um, I, again, I think I, I still just focus on the, the other things you can do as a result of being a student athlete, right? Like you can continue to stay fit, stay active, stay involved in your community or whatever organization, or, you know, for me now, it's also my student, my children's, um, athletic endeavors. So you can still sort of participate, even if it's not in the <laughs> literal, literal sense, but I'll row again one day for sure. And maybe we can get your kids in the boat. Maybe maybe exactly. that can be a reconnection to the sport. Exactly. And, and then lastly, Marie, you've had a wonderful career since leaving Holy Cross as a brand director at the corporate level. 
Uh, you've now started your own marketing and branding company. I'd love to know how you feel that that Holy Cross sets you up for success now that we're, I hate to say this to you, 20 years from graduation, hard to believe. Yes. No, it's, you know, it's it's not anything I would have ever imagined, but I also don't even think as a senior, I would have thought that I would have spent, you know, 20 years, the first 20 years of my career in, in marketing. Um, and for some of the largest, you know, sort of global brands in their respective industries. So I, you know, spent the first half in, in beauty at Avon and Estee Lauder and um, the second half eyewear brands such as Ray-Ban. And so I think for me, the fact that you can have this liberal arts education and truly take courses that you are passionate about and interested in and, and drives your thirst for knowledge and drives your desire to participate actively participate in that academic experience and still have the opportunity to figure out what it is that you how you want to how you want to apply that from a professional standpoint. And, and for me, the, the key at that early, early stage was leveraging alum. That's how I got my first job at a Holy Cross was a Holy Cross alum at Avon products. You know, he, I, he was a place to send a resume to, and, and then it sort of kicked off from there. And, you know, the, the art of networking is, is always critical and has always been how I've sort of made my next move. And, and I think most recently given me the confidence to sort of break, break, away and try something different at this point in time and sort of say, okay, I'm going to take these, these 20 years and apply it to, you know, businesses and brands and, and clients and customers who, you know, who, who could seek to benefit from that. And so it's exciting to kind of build something on my own, have some flexibility, have the ability to, to, you know, keep things fresh and exciting as, as I move through this journey, it's still very, very new, but it's, it's, it's exciting nonetheless. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be able to, to have that opportunity. Marie, this has been great. Thank you so much for your time. Congratulations on all your success. And, and you can certainly feel the impact that, that you left on, on Holy Cross rowing. Thank you again for being part of this. Thank you so much, Kevin. I appreciate being here. And my thanks to everyone for tuning in to Seder Stories. Please subscribe to our show on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd be so kind, leave us a five-star rating and review. It's still the best way for fellow crusaders to find our shows. Thanks again for tuning in to Seder Stories. I'm Kevin Gale. Go Cross Go. Thank you for listening to this episode of Seder Stories, presented by UMass Memorial Health. Stay in the loop on all things Holy Cross athletics at GoHolyCross.com and at GoHolyCross on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Cross Go!